We're recording. You ready to roll? You want to kick this off? Well, I mean, you're the host. It's your show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. We're here. Amalgam is back. Very early March. Recording with Aaron Johnson again. Another it's so fresh episode. March. Fresh March. I know. It, it would have been cool to sneak this in on the uh, leap year, but that's okay. We got yeah. the... I was very busy that day. <laughs> I had to fit a lot in, man. It was an extra day. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, everybody expects more. You you have a full another day in the month. It's like, well, do I? What uh, what's going on, man? Hey, reintroduce yourself to the to the audience, please. Aaron Johnson is audio engineer, and he does freelance. He also does Jar Audio, which is a company he is a co-owner of. Mm-hmm. What's going on, man? Yo, greetings from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yeah, I'm yeah, audio engineer. My official title with Jar Audio now is Chief Technical Officer because we did incorporate at the end of the last year after being in a partnership for two years. So uh, that's that's been the biggest change on us. And then also getting a lot of brand new clients. Uh, we've been producing a podcast series for Expedia as well as another one for Cineplex who are kind of the regal theaters of uh, Canada. So you know they're quite quite the big uh, cinema chain here. It's incredible if if people haven't heard this uh, heard Aaron's first episode before, but Aaron is one of the people on the back end of my podcast that has just been a, an incredible incredible source of help, uh, guidance, information, um, bounce ideas off of you know this podcast, everything from the equipment to I think the only thing that's not. Aaron didn't kind of set up for me is the actual editing software I use, which you can use all sorts of audio editing software. But mm-hmm. th- this is the man for podcasting. And I just looked uh, when I was on the episode, so well, on your podcast. And since then, um, yeah, we've now produced two more seasons of the Sage podcast as well. So that's well now. And uh, yeah, we actually just wrapped uh, season three not too long ago, too. So yeah, that's, and then a bunch of other things going on, but. Those are the most immediate things to update you on. So. Congratulations on wrapping that third season. That's, that's always, that probably feels pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's always great because, you know, you have the project anticipation and whatnot, and then there's the grind of getting it all done on a, on a truncated timeline, and uh, then, what do you know, you're, you're done. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's, it's hurry up and wait. Well, I mean, no, we, we don't have that much, that much of a break between our next projects. So. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. Every time I speak to you, you are, I can't really fathom how you fit it all in, but you seem to. Neither can I. (laughs) You seem to get every single thing done. Like, like, uh, this, what you're doing this weekend. Can you just a little, a little preview of what your, your weekend is going to consist of? Yeah. So this weekend I'm heading out to Vancouver Island because it's Victoria Beer Week. So for my own podcast, the Cascadian Beer Podcast, I'm traveling out there to do some representation stuff for the bcl trail uh but uh two of the days in the weekend there uh looks like i'm going to be talking to between five and seven breweries i'm just like just been emailing everybody tonight and trying to work out the times but there is some travel involved and then recording and prepping all those episodes beforehand so yeah gonna be gonna be a busy weekend do you do any field editing when you're out like that when you have three or four interviews lined up in one day or are you just dumping it all in, in storage and waiting until you have a, a clearer time frame to get to? It uh, all? There was there was one episode last year where I was at a festival in the interior, 
And we really wanted to highlight that brewery because it was also like their birthday anniversary thing that weekend. So uh, that was a quick turnaround. That was literally go back to the hotel and turn that thing around um, and then get it launched before the launch event later that night. And But I had to drive four and a half hours there, get to the brewery on time, do the walkabout with them, do the interview, go back to the hotel, have something to eat, um, get the episode all edited, jump underneath the duvet covers to do the voiceover and um, you know line all that up then get that out to the world and then run, run to the uh, festival launch event. So yeah, no, that was a, that was a busy day. Damn. It's insane. So, so the travel right before we were kind of starting this episode, you mentioned the travel can be the, the kind of key scheduling component. Everything else kind of falls into place or what? I mean, are you white knuckling it every time you drive from place to place? How does it feel? What's going on? No, I definitely, I definitely try and space myself and be, you know, a safe driver on the roads out there. Uh, But also then there's like other times where, uh, you know, I prefer modes of transportation where it's taken, you know, for me so I can actually be doing other work. I actually take the train a fair bit here in the Pacific Northwest and that's great because they got Wi-Fi on there and uh, you can plug your laptop in and stuff. And so if I have a six hour trip to Portland, I can actually spend a day and still work, but mm-hmm. be on the train, but be in motion the whole time, which, you know, I think is a very productive use of that time. Yeah. You're killing two birds with one stone right there. Yeah. And like I've done uh, a bunch of back and forth trips to Europe last year and uh, just came back from an East coast trip too. And, you know, find a little quiet corner in the airport, get something to eat and just, you know, get an episode done, get that uploaded. Some planes uh, have Wi-Fi on them. So I can actually edit in the air. Last year I was coming back, no, two years ago I was coming back from Denver and had to get a show out that was a breaking news show. Actually edited the episode on the plane and had it uploaded before I landed. So yeah, I was, I was surprised that I was able to pull that off. But yeah. It's one of those things you mentioned, like I can get something done in motion. Like that would just be, it would, you'd also be in a better mental space almost if you're sitting on a train kind of plugging away, you know, you, you don't feel so cramped about everything. Like I got to get there and then I got to do this and this and this, you're just lining that stuff up. I wish the train systems were just a little bit better throughout my area, but it, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Definitely car travel for me is my least productive time. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I've, I've taken a few like coach buses and stuff and I can kind of get away, but it's still not comfortable working. And generally speaking, they don't have power supplies on them either. So, uh, laptops getting a little old battery doesn't like doing a lot of number crunching for prolonged periods of time. So yeah, it's definitely train or plane has been the most effective modes of productive transportation for me. Well, for, yeah, for when you have those schedules, when you have those projects that are just now projects that's um yep it's awesome although like i really make sure to download everything onto my laptop that i need uh before taking to the air or even boarding a train just so i have all the project files because then i can still work on them because sometimes those connections are pretty spotty and so i mean as long as i can get the episode done then i can find a i can find a a wi-fi hotspot near a cafe or something near wherever my destination is and quickly upload it, you know, once I'm stationary, but like definitely making sure that I have all my files prepped and ready to go before I get into motion is definitely key to pulling that off. Mm-hmm. Cause just cloud storage and things like that is just not quite 
stable enough yet for something that you're doing. Like you're you're pulling gigs and gigs of audio files and processing them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to ask. I know we kind of just just reintroduced you to the audience and everything, but I I want to get to the gear and the equipment. I want to nerd out a little bit because you have a brand new setup. Which is one of the reasons you were you were suggested doing this follow up episode. And uh, well, I was just so keen to talk to you, dude. But then also, <laughs> I was just keen to like actually properly test this out here. You know, it's like, yep. oh man, I finally got to set up the way I want it, and nobody to do a remote podcast with. Brilliant. Okay, <laughs> I was all for it. It's a we've been meaning to do something like this for a while, but this is perfect. Let let's hear what you got. Or here I'll I'll tell my setup right now because it's not yeah, gonna okay, be that yeah. cool, and then we'll get to your brand new squeaky clean stuff. Because I even just the board, I want to hear about the soundboard. Oh, uh, yeah. But I I'm simply rocking the H5, so the Zoom H5, which Aaron uh, recommended and was, and that's the, what I used to re- record my beer podcast stuff with. So when so I'm on the road, he's still rocking one of these. It is the most trusty, light, durable, flexible little workhorse i've i've ever come across for the price i mean it was just anyways enough of that but i i'm just plugging in a i got a mic plugged into the h5 and i'm talking to aaron on my iphone through some airpods and that's all we got going on on my Mm -hmm. end yep you could have even been more fancy and uh plugged the zoom into your laptop and used that as a sound card but the problem with that is you can't record while you're using it as a sound card so that's the one drawback. So you can't you can't record on the Zoom, but obviously you can record audio on your laptop. But gotcha. um, so use yeah. the Zoom as the as the the dongle for a couple of XLR mics in there. Yeah, yeah. That's um that's still pretty slick though. I mean, you mentioned also couldn't just plug this thing straight into a mix board at a concert and go left mm-hmm. and a right in, and you're recording live live uh mixed music yep yep or you know if you're recording like a talk or something at a at a press conference you know like i've used that a number of times too and get a nice clean recording so mm-hmm. yeah with just the top uh the top attachment yeah well no i i do a combination of that to get some ambience but then also plug directly into the board as well so because uh, the h5 can record four channels simultaneously so right yeah. Okay. So it's kind okay. of like a pseudo backup record, but then also gives me flexibility in the edit to actually add in ambience when I want it to from the room. So very cool. See, every time I talk to you about this piece of equipment, I learn something new, and it always <laughs> continues to amaze me. But it's just that I mean, it, I, I love this thing. And it even it, sorts your baseball cards, dude. So, <laughs> <laughs> but what what do you got over there? You got a brand new a brand new uh, we we spoke about this a while ago we called it you called it like the uh, just the the right amount of everything oh yeah it is the right amount of everything uh but you're forgetting a critical point here to this whole setup is uh we are connected at the moment through facetime audio uh with each other Uh, you're right sorry it is a facetime facetime call that's all it is Mm -hmm. so that's that's all it is there's no browser or software where we're running to capture because aaron's also recording me I'm just recording myself. I didn't set it up to record Aaron on a separate track because he's obviously got all that gear and he's capability to do so. 
you are living a little dangerously by not having a backup recording of my audio. That saying. is true. That is very true. If this was anybody else, I wouldn't even bother. I wouldn't even, <laughs> I wouldn't even try this. But, you know, this is a little stress test of the, of the podcast of, of my and your system. <laughs> yeah. But that is true. The FaceTime audio to just simply do that and, and pull right from that is a pretty pure signal, right? Like with when yep. it comes to the computer or and or a phone if you're doing it through that or a tablet but it's it's no hassle it's very it sounds amazing on my end and i'm assuming i sound all right on your end even through the airpods when the airpods are both in are they are both mics running through each headset or do they just pick one side yeah i I believe they are um, because they're doing like a noise cancellation thing too with the rest of the room right so okay okay um but you know you can try with one in you know see if it makes a difference so yeah that's true you want me to let me do that real quick yeah yeah test check check how does it how does it sound now is there any change on your end no there's a yeah there's a slight change there yeah that like it kind of cut out for a second but now it's kind of corrected itself and there we go interesting all right i'm gonna now obviously the listeners won't have heard that but you know no but i mean it's it is kind of cool to do that live and to see what just again this is what this episode is about is a little bit is kind of kind of testing the waters on what's going on and how this all works but i you're right it is a very very critical point that there is just a facetime call because if anybody else wants to start a podcast and do remote interviews um you're gonna find that there's plenty of tools and options to do so but you still kind of got to think it through a little bit but now if you get the right equipment boom just one facetime call and you're rolling yeah, I do have to say, like, the way we are doing this is kind of the most ideal setup for any situation. But, you know, you do, there is a slight technical hurdle, right, to to accomplish it. And you do need to know the gear of you and the guest and um, you know, just that initial setup and talk through the process of, oh, hey, like, how are you recording? How is it going to be delivered to me and all that? So yeah, the logistics of, of the actual data, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there is a slight technical hurdle. So depending on who your guest is, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, this is, this is the best option. There are other options that work great uh, for people that aren't so technically minded. But for our situation where you have the basics of podcasting down, I certainly do. Um, this, is, this is the best, best option that we could have come up with, really. Yeah. Well said. Well said. So without further ado, what, what are we rocking on your end? We've got... All right. Well, I have the brand new Rode Procaster board, which is their podcast board that they created. So it comes with uh, four mic channels, like four mic inputs. It has a USB audio input. Um, it also has a, what is it called? Is it called a TTR connection where it plugs into your phone, like your mobile phone through the headphone jack and then... Um, can plug in to the board. And then what that does is any audio that is being sent to the phone is just the microphones and not back on the phone itself. So then, you know, there's no echo to the person on the call, which is kind of a standard setup in any radio station or broadcast center around the world. So um, it's called Mix Minus, where it's mixing all the audio together minus yourself. Um, So that's how this board is configured. Um, And also has a uh, Bluetooth channel as well. So I can actually take theoretically i can take three remote guests because at the moment on the usb channel is actually uh, your facetime audio that's coming off my laptop and then Mm -hmm. into the board i could have connected my phone and called you on facetime or on a regular phone line 
or connected on Bluetooth. But the problem with the Bluetooth end is it sounds like a Bluetooth call. So right, that's right. Yeah, it's not quite there. As far it's as it's as not ideal. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely not ideal. But then it also has some pads on it with some built-in sounds too. So you can actually put stingers and intro and outro music for your podcast on this board as well. And kind of just, it's designed for everybody to kind of do it all at one. But the way that I have this board configured is uh, multi-track actually. So everything's being recorded to an SD card right now, but all the channels are isolated, but it's also giving me a stereo mix backup. Um, and it's, so it's recording, what do we got here? 10 channels all at once simultaneously. So yeah, so when you get uh, my files that I'm going to send to you for you to do the edit for the show, uh, my mic is going to be separate from your mic coming off the computer. And then the stereo mix is also going to be there, but I'll just send that to you for reference. So, Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, what's the specific, it, say the name of the board again. I'm sorry. It's the Rode. I believe, I keep forgetting. I keep screwing up the name. Hang on here. Yeah, it's called the, it's uh, the Rode Rodecaster Pro. So yeah, it's built by one of my favorite microphone and audio companies, uh, Rode. They're out of Australia. Like I had their Rode interviewer mic, which is just a, a lovely mic to use when you're out and about, out in the field. The new mic is the uh, mic that they built specifically for this too, which is the Rode Pod mic. So they built this specifically to go with this board as well. And it has uh, its own built-in settings in the board to make it sound the best that it can. Um, so there's different EQ and compression settings that are designed specifically for how this mic responds to voice. So it's, hmm. yeah, pretty intense. Pretty intense. Pretty intense. How about how long ago did they release this specific equipment? Is it is it brand spanking new or is it in the last few years? I think we're coming up to a year now. Um, so it was on back new, order. Yeah, yeah like we, it was on back order for a few months over the summer. Um, and then one of my clients got it finally. And um, now I'm lucky to have it um, as part of JAR for some of the stuff that we do out in the field with uh, clients as well. But um, it's, it's quite a great little piece of gear. Yeah, I, I, I haven't had an issue with it. Apart from the very first firmware when it came out, only recorded stereo. And there was so much backlash that they finally upgraded to have <laughs> multi-channel support because in my opinion, like multi-channel editing is just the way to go. If you're editing a podcast, you want everything isolated on its own channels because I mean like a couple of times already we've kind of cross-talked because we weren't sure who was going or, mm -hmm. you know, if somebody was done in the conversation. So, you know, you want to go and tidy those up, right? In in your edit and make make the episode sound good. Absolutely. I mean, with the little sports podcast we do with Trevor and me, I I noticed that so much. I, the the cross-talk, the and some person's not done with their point. And, and these are the kind of things And when you start a podcast and you learn how to kind of get a flow going with creating episodes, you'll notice things like in real life conversation, you'll be more patient and you'll be better about choosing your words. You'll be better about not cross talking with people. And so it's just a, it's just weird. It, but you're isolating tracks. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't know near the amount of work that you do when it comes to editing audio, but I know enough that with me and Trevor's podcast that it's like cleaning up that experience for the audience is just everything. It it takes mm -hmm. a it takes a really bad podcast and makes it decent. <laughs> but yeah, 
and it's working and it sounds amazing. So this is, I'm glad we got to, I'm glad I got to be part of the, uh, the stress test, the live. Oh yeah. No, this is, this is the first remote call that I've done on this new setup in mine at my house. Like I've done remote really? calls with clients like out in the field, but yeah, this is, this is the first one, uh, with this new setup in my house because, um, buddy, you came around. So I'm in, I'm in my den at the moment of, uh, my apartment finally set it up where I punched a few holes in an old piece of carpet that I had it from my old place. I hung it on the wall with some three M hooks. Then I got a corner desk. And so that's in there. I got uh, the computer computer monitor set up at proper height. And then I got the board on the desk and got my laptop on the desk and I'm able to do work and stuff. So, I mean, I, have the door open at the moment to the den. And I actually find that the sound's been a bit better when I have the door open because it's just kind of going out in the hallway and not coming back. Mm. Uh, Cause that's, it's on the side of the room where there is no carpet and, but that's behind me. So everything in front of me has carpet and it's really doing a job of trying to dampen down that sound. So That's cool. And as an audio engineer, I mean, you're just hyper aware of all sorts of, of, of little adjustments like that i mean hanging a carpet on your wall is not a small adjustment but i mean noticing that the door being ajar versus closed like completely completely changes everything for you <clears throat> do i want to ask you a little bit about because with with the podcasting hosting or the podcast hosting site that you um <clears throat> helped me set up for the podcast sorry i'm uh, spacing all omni studio yeah omni studio thank you omni studio um one of the big things that was cool this last year was the spotify was it when was it was it 2019 or 2018 but anyway spotify is now part of the delivery of everybody's podcast through omni you had a, a plethora of other platforms as well before that but the spotify community is obviously one of the biggest, if not the biggest in music, right? Or, or audio consumption. Do you mm. want to talk a little bit about those changes and what that means for the podcasting community? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's cool because Spotify is uh, multi-platform based. Um, so, I mean, like the predominant heavyweight in terms of podcast apps for years has been Apple Podcasts. And that's mostly kind of due to Apple promoting it and it, and, it being a default installed app on somebody's phone, right? And then like they marketed the podcast option and so that that's really helped. So we've really seen Apple being the big player in that space. But now in a lot of countries, especially in uh, developing countries where iPhones just aren't as big of a market share, we're actually seeing Spotify becoming that platform because a lot of people always subscribe to Spotify to listen to music on their phone. So yeah, they've been doing a really big push and I believe they're at like 35 or 36 percent market share now globally in terms of being the number, like being the second most app for podcast con, uh, consumption. And but in a lot of uh, countries, they're actually number one in terms of the podcast platform. Apple Music. I don't know how they're doing in, with their subscriber base versus Spotify, but I don't get the feeling that they're anywhere close to beating out Spotify. Or would you know, would you know on from a music subscription side of everything, do you know how that battle's playing out? No, I don't. Um, I, I know the, I know the podcast numbers really well. Like I'm always looking at mm -hmm. those. All right. That's all right. 
anyways, but as far as Spotify, the user experience on Spotify too is just they do podcasts really well. If you if you start creating your subscribed list to podcasts on um Spotify, you'll notice that they're they get you that new information or that new content really well. And they make it easy for you to access your podcast and get consume that content simply. By doing that though, they're they've now been able to launch um they're in the US, Germany, um, I believe Australia, a couple other countries at the moment. They have this uh, feature called the Daily Driver, which based on your commute time, which they have an algorithm behind and you can actually tell it your your commute time. They algorithmically generate three different suggested playlists for you, which put in podcast episodes, news articles, as well as music you might be into. So it's kind of creating a new personalized morning show or evening drive radio show just for you. That's pretty crazy. I did not know that. That's cool. Genius too. Because like discovery, discovery has been the big issue in, in the podcast space for a number of years. Like this is like a huge tool to try and get people interested in stuff that, you know, they may not be aware about because a lot of um, the podcast referrals are still coming word of mouth. So it's a, it's a pretty interesting feature. I really hope they roll it out in Canada soon and uh, I'll be able to play with it. So yeah, Yeah, I bet. So that kind of leads in a little bit to podcasting industry. I think the last time we recorded an episode, we were talking about how many new podcasts have launched or will launch and there's almost there was almost like a podcasting bubble and i'm sure everybody can kind of feel that right now because there Mm. is a podcast for a lot of different things that you wouldn't expect or wouldn't wouldn't see coming but the format is still that honest somewhat raw and and just unique delivery where you're not it's not a news show it's not a general talk radio there's not a normally people aren't immediately sponsored when they start a podcast and things like that. So you have, you still have that connection. And when you say how growth is coming and it's still kind of word of mouth, it, it all kind of ties together a little bit, right? Because of that homegrown kind of grassroots feel to the podcast. But from your position or your perspective where you're working with large companies, um, large corporations, and they're starting, they're dumping in, they have the resources to produce a, a really great podcast hire companies like yours to help them do it right what have you seen that has changed since the last time we spoke well i think the last time we spoke there was 700,000 podcasts listed in apple podcasts and today that is 900,000 so that's not i think it was 2 years ago i was on i think yeah, uh, yeah last on your podcast yeah so you know are we at saturation maybe not. I wouldn't say so. I mean, like how many TV stations are there? How many TV programs are there on those stations? Same thing. Same thing goes for music. How much new music comes out on a daily basis too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think there's still tons of area for new podcasts to come into space, but I think there is a certain standard now from a podcast listeners perspective that they expect from a podcast uh, as where, you know, the early days people could, you know, be a little more forgiving with um, some poor audio quality or, you know, some crackly microphone and, and whatnot. But I think now it's because of there's been some very big, you know, highly published shows that have been very successful. I think that's a level of quality is expected even for new entrants. So, and I think even in the indie space, if you're starting out, yes, the content is very, very important. 
Um, that's what drives your show at the end of the day. But right behind that is the overall quality of, of your podcast. And then keeping in mind too, like, you know, we were just talking about commute times. Average commute time is uh, 27 minutes in North America. And so with that, I've been seeing a lot of trends of podcasts that are just, you know, straight to the point. Um, they're not ramble casts where they just kind of go on unedited for, you know, an hour plus or three hours in some cases. So, you know, you're, you're trying to make a highly focused show, uh, preferably on one topic and uh, making, it, making it sound good. So, you know, there, there is a challenge for people entering the space today, but they really need to do their, do their research and see what is in the market that they're targeting and what, uh, what style they need to think about in terms of how it sounds. Is it, is it an interview show? Is it uh, story-based? Is it, you know, n- like, yeah, narrative-based? You know, you, re- you really need to think about that presentation of your podcast at, on, on the end result and, you know, just don't rush into it. I mean, definitely take your time. And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously beyond thankful for what you've been able to do and kind of take me under your wing and, and get, me, get me going in the right direction. Obviously, creating the content is up to the people who want to do the podcast, but you, um, you're, you're 100% right in, in planning and thinking about your audience, thinking about what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. I mean, these are simple, simple instructions, but doing them and actually practicing that is a little bit different. Yeah, like especially with a, like a lot of my freelance or like, you know, potential freelance clients of mine are just like, oh, it's just talking on a mic. And it's like, well, no, it's it's a lot more than that. Like there's an actual structured conversation. Like like we had, we actually had a phone call earlier today and we wrote out a few bullet points of what, what we wanted to hit in this conversation. Right. So mm-hmm. like it's it's planning. So. Mm-hmm. You think about creating content or new mediums or methods of delivery. So you, you mentioned the HomePod. What is changing about, or what can you talk about new ways that people are consuming podcasts? Yeah. So like I was really hopeful last year with, you know, the emergence of smart speakers coming into the market. And I really thought that that there'd be a huge opportunity for uh, like new ways to deliver audio and new creative ways to people. But like just from the trends that we're getting from the sales, like the sales are still, you know, like going through the roof, but the actual figures that we're getting back on usage. I mean, a lot of people are just kind of using them just to pair their phone to play music with them or, you know, just ask what the weather is or, you know, just, just very simple commands and not really using them to their capacity. So I think there's still, there's still some time to figure out what that new product would be. And also a bit of um, education to people who have uh, smart speakers to, you know, how to, how to use them, what the commands are there. You know, you can, there's like a number of apps that you can install and can install on like the Amazon Echo or um, the Google one and for the HomePod, which I have. Um, I actually need to build uh, my own shortcuts in on my iPhone and give it commands and then send it to the HomePod. So I have to come up with my own command and then it goes through a series of automations that I've programmed it to do to do my morning routine or whatever I want it to do. And but, you know, that's that's a huge barrier to entry there for just the yeah. average person like over the christmas period we had a we had a google home and i actually played a game with my family uh, with one where it was like a music trivia game but it recognized who the players voices were which was kind of interesting so like you could have up to four players on this thing so i mean like yeah that's cool it was novel 
But, you know, like we preferred to go back and play a board game <laughs> rather than another round of that music game. So it's, it's just not quite, it's just not quite there. You know, you can probably do some, do some ideas of like maybe like a choose your own adventure and stuff. But again, I mean, that, that comes, you need to install that as an app. Just it's the things that are natively installed on it. You know, they're, they're not even getting fully used at the moment. So yeah, so the smart speaker space is an interesting one. I don't think the right solution has come up or well, the new exciting solution hasn't quite come up for it yet. Um, so like I'm still watching it and, you know, definitely thinking of new ways to have audio interactions and audio storytelling be delivered to people. But yeah, like I, I really thought the smart speaker space would be a lot further ahead than what it currently is. It's kind of like that with new devices that, that it just, it takes a little while for everybody to hop on board and really like think about messages for iPhones. Like, you know, not every, now pretty much 90% of your friends probably have an iPhone or your family, like your parents or whatever, but it took a little while until everybody saw, oh, wow, messaging on this thing is, is really fluid and sharing media is just really great with photos or videos or I want to text links. And it's just, it's taken a while for that to kind of standardize and evolve into now we have rich text messages where you're sending straight up tweets or songs you can play within messages. So, um, mm-hmm. You can yeah, even send podcasts now in messages to me. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, you can send all sorts of media, and it's it's pretty, like, it's just fun now. I've got a couple of, of family group messages. Was thank, Thankfully, they don't go off too crazy all the time, but it's nice to be able to share stuff with my dad and my uncle, send them tweets because neither of them are going to ever go on Twitter, but I can still share funny stuff with them, and they get it, they see it took a while for them to start including that functionality in messages, but you gotta, you gotta run before you can walk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Your podcast. Can you please remind the audience the, what your podcast is and can you give us a little update on some of the recent adventures you've had and, or your future plans? I know we talked a little bit about this weekend, but maybe give us a year in review of the Cascadian beer podcast. If you, if you don't mind. Yeah, so the Cascading Beer Podcast still going strong. It's uh, I've I've mostly been doing BC episodes lately. Uh, haven't been making it down to Washington, Oregon to do new episodes that much. So I'm trying to make that part of the spring and early summer uh, to get some of those new episodes out. Because yeah, I mean, like the whole point of it was to be every two weeks, and now it's kind of like once a month. And you know, I feel feel kind of bad by that, but mm-hmm. also you know, getting getting pulled in other directions. So. You know, like trips coming up this weekend, I'm able to bank a few episodes and then, you know, I'll, I'll release those slowly throughout the year. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been going great. I was, uh, I hosted my, well, I judged my first beer festival last year as, as part of my podcast, which was a lot of fun and hopefully get to do it again this year. I also went to Iceland and did my first uh, international brewery episode because <laughs> generally I, I cover uh, BC, Washington, and Oregon on the podcast, but uh, was in Iceland, had an opportunity to meet some brewery guys and uh, they said yes. And yeah, we did a, we did a podcast episode. So yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Um, there's a couple things that aren't confirmed at the moment in Europe for the spring and summer. So, you know, don't really want to announce those just yet because they might not happen uh, due to world events or something. If you know, things get canceled. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's been going great. The free, the feedback has been great. And as of the time of recording here in early March, 
I just released episode 72. Nice. So. Nice. Which brewery was that? Uh, Kettle River up in Kelowna. So they're a small little neighborhood brewery there and uh, just expanded their patio and added a kitchen to the place recently. So nice. hopefully going to be up there in a few weeks and get to hang out with that crew. How, so how long have you been doing that podcast? Oh, coming up six years now. Okay. I think it's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. How do you, how have you found yourself changing or evolving as a host? Just getting better and just more efficient. I mean, I do kind of have some stock standard questions that I ask, but I mean, in, in terms, it's, it's just training yourself to just be open to those ideas and, and just be curious when you hear something. And uh, I definitely find myself in average conversations with like, well, not average, but normal conversations with people where, you know, I like, I'll go kind of on an interview tangent where I'm like, Hey, you said that, but like, let's explore that line of questioning. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the, the interviewing has become a lot more straightforward and refined and, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with it. I've tried a couple experiments where, there's been two breweries in an episode, or I've tried panels of people. I've tried guests separately as two different segments. So yeah, like it's, it's a nice little varying format and I get to have fun with it. But then like uh, my favorite ones today have been going to Denver to go to the Great American Beer Festival. And uh, they're like, just like gigantic marathon episodes, like where I'm just talking to everybody on the floor and uh, really just getting some news and some pretty exclusive interviews from some pretty big names in the beer world. Right. Yeah. And that would just be a blast too. just kind of it's a little little stressful but also just if six years under your belt being able to pull off that the variety of formats that you're talking about that would be super fun that's good to hear well we're gonna wrap this up but before we do i want to ask you a question i asked you when we first started that if you wanted to start a podcast what are your options and what does a company like jar do for someone who wants to start a podcast okay so there are two completely different things there so (laughs) there's 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 starting the podcast on your own or starting a podcast as a company if you're doing it on your own uh, you really need to sit down and you know i do a three-month planning session where you're you know not thinking about it every day but you're just writing things down you're planning your idea you're you know trying to get your idea together like that's all in the first month. Then you figure, well, and the, but also the big factor in that too is um, your name. And the most basic one is to go onto Apple podcasts or go onto Spotify, go onto Google podcast, type in the name that you would like to have for your podcast. And if there's no hits on that same name, then register that domain name immediately and, and, you know, and get uh, a trailer episode up onto those platforms as quickly as you can so then you claim that name because you definitely do not want to have your podcast at a the same or very similar name uh to something else so uh yeah there's been a couple takedowns there's been uh, a couple lawsuits so yeah like or in me and trevor's experience when we searched talking sports which was the original name to our sports podcast and there was like 50 other ones. It was like, oh, we yes, got it. Yeah. We got it. We learned that lesson. For I remember you telling me that when I was setting up this podcast, Amalgam. And it was great because there wasn't really anything. And the domain name, amalgampodcast.com, is mine. And it was great. But I forgot that by the time we did that. Me and Trevor Sports Podcast. And uh, anyways, sorry. Please continue. Yeah. 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 No. So, so once you get that done, then make sure your topic's really refined. 
Uh, so that that's that's month one. Month two, making sure you got a great setup. I mean, like it's you know, there's going to be a bit of an investment, but you don't need to go crazy. Like you don't need to buy a thousand dollar microphone. You don't need to buy, you know, just all this stuff. This is the question of like, are you going to be talking to your guests mostly remotely? There's a couple IP solutions out there. I do not recommend Zoom. Zoom is terrible. But um, there's there's a couple other platforms out there that you can that you can find that are built specifically for podcasters that'll give you great audio quality. Or you know you can invest uh, in a Zoom or uh, like in the Rode Procaster. Like you know those are those are great options. So then once you figure out are you going to be in person, are you going to be mobile, or are you mostly going to be at home and they're remote, then you can start practicing. Uh, doing some podcast episodes and then start banking some episodes. And then you need to make sure your uh, show promo is done and you have all your metadata filled out with your podcast host. Um, I do recommend that you go with a proper podcasting host rather than solutions of like self-hosting your own podcast <laughs> or, you know, hosting it through your WordPress site using plugins. Uh, the advantages of, you know, paying eight to $12 a month for a podcast host to host your uh, media for you is uh, because it's their job to make sure your podcast is functioning. Any new changes that come to any new podcast directory or any new standards that come because there are now some set standards and guidelines throughout the podcast industry of how data is handled, how images are handled and how files are handled and all that, you know, it's their responsibility and their job to keep your podcast up to date um, with all the platforms. So, you know, that's, that's, really something to keep in mind there yeah so you know for you know eight to twelve dollars a month i think just not having that hassle and not having to read all the technical manuals that come out all the time of any new changes on any other of any of the podcasting platforms of the hundreds of them then you're really set there and you can just focus on producing your show right if you are having music on your show make sure it is royalty free um, there are no copyrights against it Big one since Spotify is the second largest platform, you know, you definitely want to be on Spotify. Yep. Uh, but part of the terms of submitting your podcast to Spotify is that it doesn't have copyrighted material in your podcast. And they've actually been yanking some podcasts from their uh, directory listings now because they have, you know, bots scraping the data to see, you know, if there's, if there's copyrighted material in, in your show. So definitely want to avoid that. And then, yeah, then in that third month, you make sure you get your promo submitted. Uh, it'll usually take it between two to three weeks uh, for it to appear on all the platforms. Some of them are manually processed. Others are automated and won't take that much time. Uh, but if you're looking to launch your podcast at a certain time, make sure that you're submitting your feed to the directories a month beforehand. And then once that's done, you can schedule your episodes and away you go. And then you're live. And then you're live. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then all you have to do is just uh, you know, upload new episodes, make sure all the metadata is in there correctly, and then um, schedule them. And then they just go out in the world, and then it's up to you to market it, which is a whole nother step. <laughs> yeah, which we won't, we won't talk about right now. <laughs> but No, no. Cool. Very, very concise. What does JAR Audio do that would be uh, not necessarily... Like this podcast, for example, like I wouldn't necessarily hire Jar to do what I'm trying to do. But when, when does Jar come into play? So Jar is mostly for uh, companies, brands that want to, you know, have a very polished and really capture the storytelling of their brand. And so we work really closely with companies. What are their missions, their goals? You know, what is, what is 
what what is the the marketing material that they have and we really uh really work to build a podcast that is very on brand for those brands uh uh-huh, funny but we we really strive to do really really good solid storytelling with really high quality audio as well and uh, then we help those companies as well uh, with different marketing strategies for their for their show and and you know just look after the whole technical and production side of things for them because a lot of companies you know they don't have an audio division or a you know video division so that's why um, a lot of brands outsource um, that to uh, other companies like us well aaron thank you for the time thank you for letting me be a part of the test run of your first home yeah thank you thank you for being like my kind of host even though this isn't my podcast but at (laughs) least i get to try this setting out yeah yeah absolutely and and please i I will will get your information in the in the description of the episode if anybody wants to get in touch with you directly or and or for jar audio in the cascadian beer podcast we'll have links for that as well please subscribe and check out aaron's personal podcast that he produces himself and is there anything else that we missed sir there's anything you want to say before we leave no okay no just subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode yep any any podcast app you use it's going to be there pretty much unless you yep yep so thanks again aaron you you you're a a truly helpful and and i can't stress enough how much you have made my personal project and my podcast something that i completely enjoy doing top to bottom and i feel confident that it's I'm executing it in a in a in a solid way, and that's all thanks to you. So, oh, you cool! Guys, thanks, Corbin. Yeah, yeah. You guys, everybody, take care. We will see you next time. Talk to you next time. That was a terrible. That was a terrible outro. That's okay. I'll oh, you can redo it in post, dude. Yeah. You can redo <laughs> it in post.